You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking with Aaron Amber from Tua Gear, uh, Tua Hunting Gear, and uh, it's a brand new clothing company right there's a lot of them that have come out within the past five years and here's another one um you got to give everybody a shot right so aaron hops on I, I believe he's like i forget what his what his title is but he's like a product developer uh i think he might be the president of, of the company too but anyway he's deeply involved in all the decision making that comes through every piece of apparel that they design and sell and so, just like every episode, right, I got to ask him the company history, got to ask him the materials, uh, why they decided to come out with a Western-themed lineup before a whitetail-themed lineup, uh, talk to him about their camel patterns, talk to him about, uh, you know, why they decide to come out with specific pieces of uh, apparel in, in that order, right, and, and why, the whys behind that. So, uh, just like every hunting gear uh, podcast where I talk with the manufacturer, I really like to break it down. I really like to, uh, you know, ask a lot of detailed questions about uh, the process uh, of manufacturing, the material they use, and whether that's a broadhead or a, uh, a some clothing, socks, boots, whatever. And then, uh, you know, what their future plans are for the company, right? Because a lot of the, a lot of times, what you're seeing is. Uh, a company comes out with a specific product, but then they expand into a whole bunch of different products uh, that sell, right? And a lot of it has to do with marketing. A lot of it has to do with market share and uh, promotions and, and who they get to help promote their products. So it's a really interesting episode. I know you guys are going to enjoy it, especially if you're a gear nut. 
Got to do a commercial now, and that commercial is for Code Blue Sense. Go visit CodeBlueSense.com where you will find everything you need for your uh, scent elimination products. You know, they have sprays, they have laundry detergents, they have deodorants, uh, they have wipes that you can wipe your skin down, uh, everything that you need to help stay scent-free. And then on top of that, they have all the other fun scents too, like your synthetic deer urine, your real deer urine. They have tarsal glands. They have uh, the orbital gland scent that I, that comes in the Ropadope package and so what you're getting there is just a full lineup of scents and scent elimination products so it's kind of a one-stop shop for all your needs uh, codebluesense.com i do have a discount code nfc20 uh, man i cannot wait i i have right now i have a, a tree and in front of the tree is two mock scrapes that i have uh that i've made and so i'm hoping that they they have visited those they're active and that as soon as i get there uh and sit in that tree they're going to come start checking those scrapes so that's uh that's the goal anyway uh other than that let's get into today's episode with aaron amber of tua gear ladies and gentlemen welcome to the hunting gear podcast my name is dan johnson and today we are joined by aaron amber of tua gear aaron man welcome to the show yeah, thanks, Dan. Glad to spend some time with you this morning and uh, talk all about tool gear. So yeah. uh, look forward to our conversation, the windy path of, of the fall and uh, the journey of our company. So. Yeah, there you go. How has your fall been this year? Have you been out and done any hunting yet? Well, you know, I, I did. I got back. I went out the third week of uh, September, and uh, I grew up uh, on a farm and ranch in South Dakota. So uh, one of my, probably my deepest passions has been chasing the pronghorn antelope during the rut and typically that's like the third week of uh september actually about the same time you exactly want to be in the elk woods yeah. so i didn't have an elk tag this year so i headed out to uh western south dakota and saw some family and drug my dad along and he uh was doing a little deer hunting in the morning then we'd go chase a bunch of pronghorns actually not a bunch of pronghorns because it was really tough this year and uh, so i was out doing some gear testing and and uh bringing cactus back to uh back home and uh, <laughs> and having my uh, lunch served to me so it was a great hunt though i love the western plains i oh, uh, yeah. love the demands and i love the grit that it that it requires and uh you know just it just uh that it's been decimated the last uh winter uh by the uh you know a lot of pronghorn die off so it was a tough tough hunt probably drove around 98 percent of the time and 102 percent of the time just getting public land and trying to find goats yeah man uh i will say this i love colorado i've been to uh wyoming i love like love it out there but there's something about the plains that i absolutely have fallen in love with specifically western south dakota uh and in three weeks i'll be heading I'll be heading out there trying to chase some mule deer. So uh, I absolutely love it out there. I've been going there for, jeez, six years now or something like that. So yeah. love it out there, man. I think two years ago, I remember, I think it was two years ago when you were out there, and it was a heck of a trip. I mean, you uh, 
I just remember the highs and lows and you out there beating it. I think I got my, my facts right. Maybe it was last year, but you've been beating it pretty hard out yeah. there um, yeah. and doing it, you know, doing the public land way. And, and it's a lot of walking acres, uh, a lot of BLM. But as you know, it's still tough to, to get on critters. Yeah, uh, it. I, I've been beating the land and the land has been beating me <laughs> is what I feel like. Uh, you know, I, here, I'll tell you this. Here is where I'm at. Can find them in a spotter. Right, I can I can sit on a ridge. I can find him in a spotter. I can even start to get a little closer and find him there. But when we're closing in on that last 500 yards, I am still so green where I'm I'm creeping up like I lost them. I'm creeping up into this drainage where I last seen them, and then all of a sudden I see a group of does or a lone doe staring right at me. She bounces off, and and then the rest of the drainage blows out and i'm just like gotta start over <laughs> yeah so. well and it's tough as you know when you're out there trying to fix some some graphical spots where yeah. you know you start taking off on your stock you're like well i know where that little ridge is or that dark weed and and as you know it it, it from from glassing at high at high areas it looks like there's nothing there right right that and then you see like it's kind of a little drainage, a little low spot, and then you get down in there, and then it just—it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. there's way more undulations in in this piece than I think. And then you're like, I still think I got the right direction, and, and to your point, and then you might find a landmine along the way that yep. you didn't see through your glasses. So yep. it's definitely trying, um, but I, I love it. I, I just love the grit, and and uh, it's tough. But you do anything in the Western Plains, and spot and stock or decor or whatever it, it it certainly puts a beating on your body yeah for sure and i'm getting old i'm getting older <laughs> right i, I uh, i'm 40 i turned 43 in november and i think within the next seven years i'm gonna try to check off as many of the big physically demanding hunts as i possibly can because i i honestly don't know how my knees are going to react to yeah. getting older. I, I know I need a knee replacement already. Uh, it's just that right now I'm masking it with steroid shots or, you know, like yeah. uh, cortisone shots and things like that. So, ah, the joys of getting old, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit ahead of you. And I, I worry as well. I have some, I've been putting in for really tough tags for the last 20 years and i have you know 19 to 22 years of preferences for sheep and mountain goat and mm -hmm. moose and and i'm a little worried myself because i'm in the 50s now and uh i wish i was in the 40s because <laughs> i know at some point i'm gonna draw those tags and it's physically demanding even my little pronghorn antelope pun i was like damn i'm too old for this shit you yeah. know it's like gosh dang it's, it's tough but i'm right. a smarter hunter today than i was when i was 20 years younger you know yeah that's a fact that's a fact all right 2-0 gear 2-0 gear right that's how that's how yep, it's pronounced t-u-o gear and uh you guys are are fairly new correct when did your company launch yeah we launched uh this fall so fall of 23 so i would tell you the the idea of 2-0 uh started probably about four years ago and uh, we have a ton of background in product development, soft goods development, and we really saw a niche, if you will, in the marketplace that we wanted to take the handcuffs off and do something and create a solution, if you will, uh, for that Western hunter. And uh, we believe that we had a lot of experience and, you know, over 100 years of experience and we're really good at fabrications and fit 
And, you know, we're all users. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of companies will claim users, but I mean, I've been, you know, I've been around a long time and I tell you what, I was carved out of the West. So whether it was Wyoming or it was the mountains of Colorado or it was the Western Plains of South Dakota or Nebraska, I, I have a lot of background in that area, just like real people hunting and, mm -hmm. and really knew the demands and the needs of the consumer. So hence the formulation of 2.0 gear. Um, and, uh, so we're excited. We've done a heck of a job on product testing and fabrications and just dialing things in because Dan, as you know, um, a lot of, a lot of people can create stuff, uh, but creating a product, a finished product and getting it from the 20 yard line in the end zone, that mm -hmm. red, that red area from the 20 down to the end zone is tough, um, from a fit and finish and function. And, uh, we, we've nailed it and we're excited about what we have going on here. Okay. Now. I'm going to throw a tough question at you, and I'm, I'm playing sure. devil's advocate here because I've, inter I've interviewed a lot of clothing companies, gear companies on this show specifically, and they all say roughly the same thing as far as we've identified uh, a niche and we feel we can attack it and, and, and find success in it, right? And now what we're seeing is there's a lot of, companies like what you're doing out there right now okay um and so my my question to you is what do you feel whether it's the gear itself or the process or the the experience what sets you apart from everybody else that's doing the same thing Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, Dan, I, I think the the first the first angle I'll take on answering your question is that we believe that simplified um, decisions for the consumer was important. Yeah. And and I you know believe it or not I know all the other guys out there even the leaders of those companies and one thing that I want to make sure we did is demystify the shopping experience for the consumer. So develop the right amount of silhouettes, if you will, or styles that doesn't make it like, man, there's seven pants, there's yeah. 12 vests, there's 14 jackets. So what we really try to go after is the right amount of styles that actually work together to, to fill from an early season, you know, August 15th antelope hunt to the opening of elk to the early season rifle elk in October to the inclemency that you might meet in mid-October when it's snowing and you're trying to get out of camp. So we developed, I'd say, a simplified assortment with a right amount of styles and go from the hottest of conditions to when you're, you're trying to stay warm and dry to survive. So I think the simplification is the first thing. Yeah. The second thing I think we've done really well, Dan, and, you know, it, I would tell you camel patterns are in the eye of the beholder, whether mm -hmm. you like them or not. And I have certainly a lot of opinion. Um, and I believe that we did a great job with our camel pattern, which in many cases, Dan, it really ends up defining the brand. You think about 
when Kuyu did their thing in Sitka. And I can take you back, because I've been around a long time. I can go back to the original days where part of the success of those companies was less about the effectiveness of the camel pattern than it was the uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And we believe that our camel pattern really accomplishes two things. It accomplishes uniqueness. In other words, I want a different look. I, I, I don't want to be in that camp or the other guy's camp. It's too proliferated. I want to be part of a smaller camp. And I would tell you our verse camo um, that we came out with looks great. So, you know, at the end of the day, people want to look sexy uh, behind a critter or, or on, on a mountain vista view. They want to look great. And then secondly, which actually drives us even more importantly, is the impact and the effectiveness of the pattern. And we believe the burst camel pattern looks great, but more importantly, from one of the DNA pillars of why we're doing what we're doing, is it's got to work. And yeah. we think we've done the right job from connecting the fashion element, we're going to call it what it is, to the effectiveness. And then to have a camel pattern that can work in the West from, you know, subalpine to alpine to plains, like what I was describing earlier about antelope hunt, and I was using it out in the plains, looks great. Dad was taking some pictures of me from afar. And uh, two, even, you know, at some point, uh, some people are getting up in the tree and doing some whitetail hunting, which uh, we're not there yet. Uh, you can definitely take us whitetail hunting, but it looks good in the tree as well. So yeah. I think uh, the simplification the camel uh, pattern, and then, you know, we could get into fabrications and fit, which I'm telling you, it's easy to say, tougher and hell to do to yeah. make sure when it gets on body, it fits and functions properly, and it's not going to let you down. Yeah. Uh, one thing one thing that you said that I, I personally like is I'm the kind of guy who, when I go to a restaurant, if the menu is small and I have less choices, uh, that's great. I don't have to sit there and go, what kind of hamburger do I want? There's 40 different hamburgers on this menu, so you got to read through all of them, right? I like going to restaurants that have like 10 options, and that's really it. Uh, and it better be good. It better be good if there's only 10 options. But I like I like those types of places. And I do agree with you where a lot of these companies have products where, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, uh, a lot of companies will have a pant for this, a pant for this, a pant for this, or a shirt for this, or whatever whatever the case may be. But there's there's so many options. When in reality, that pant would work in combination with a base layer, in combination with an insulation layer. So it's more about how you layer and less about what pant or what um, uh, jacket you're wearing. It's about the layers that you're wearing in those scenarios. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, Dan, that's right on. I mean, layering and, and um, is certainly the key. Um, and layering for two reasons, not only from the simplification perspective, but, you know, moisture management um, is everything for, for being successful and keeping warm and dry. So certainly to the, to the degree you can layer, to put things on or take things off uh, to scale with whatever demands that you're meeting, whether it's August 15th or, or a shitty snowstorm that you get into on the top of the mountain on October 15th. So that layering is definitely an important piece. And, I, you know, it's clichéist when people say less is more, but it is true less is more. Mm -hmm. And the other fact about what is tough about less is more it's tougher to do. Mm -hmm. Think about planning and going for your hunt here in a couple weeks. It's super easy to throw all your all the stuff in the bag, right? 
The tough part is when you're going to a fly-in trip and, and you have to say, I only can take this much. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. And just parlaying that into when we decided and we start building the assortment, actually less is tougher um, because you have to make sure those key attributes that you're going to face from early season to late season, you're able to address that. Um, yeah. And uh, so, but I have a ton of respect for all the other brands that are out there doing their thing. I just think um, it's way tougher at a consumer level to make those decisions of what exactly do I need to buy. And at some point, it's kind of like your menu. It's like, you know what? Just give me the special because you know this is just too much for me to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's consumers in the apparel world that just want it to be more simple. Yeah. And I will say this, I've had my hands being in the position that I've been in, being able to go to the ATA show, having people send me gear, things like that. Um, I've had my hands on a lot of equipment and there are some things that look cool, but, but definitely don't perform. And I'll tell you this, man, I I really do think that, um, it's it sucks if people fall into that hey i want to look cool category to make their purchases because then the next thing they know they're getting out of their tree stand because they're too cold or they're too hot or it's raining and as they're climbing down the tree stand uh, a a deer walks by or they're walking off the mountain and they hear an elk bugle and they're just like dude i can't go i can't go do it yep well you know dan i would just tell you that our our promise and what continues to drive us is the last thing you want to deal with is the variabilities of weather. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I I think whoever you take to the woods, whether it's your bow or your arrow or, or any other equipment you take, you don't want to have to think about failure. And I think the same thing in the apparel that you bring, because there's enough challenges out there where you're dodging cactus you're, you're coming upon landmines of does blowing up on you. You're battling other hunters out there. There's a limited amount of time that we have to go pursue our passion. The last thing I want you as a consumer to worry about is, am I going to stay dry? Are things going to perform? Are the, is the material tough enough? Am I gonna, am I going to keep warm enough and be out there when I need to be out there to kill that critter? Mm-hmm. Or am I have to turn back and go go back to the truck or camp because I don't have what I need? So, right. um, again, we're we're certainly passionate, committed. Um, it will continue to build out the assortment. It, it'll be probably bigger as we go forward, but it's going to be very purposeful, and that's our commitment. Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's one thing that I always I always uh, think about, and that is, man the the different body types and styles uh like uh i'm uh, i'll say this i'm bigger up top i have broader shoulders um i have a, a thicker torso uh, i have a wider chest and my legs are uh are smaller and then but you got my brother who we're pretty much the exact same person except he's got a narrow chest and he's smaller up top but he's got huge legs and like big calves and things like that. So with all the different body types out there, how do how does a company like 2O say, all right, we need to design a garment that fits all those people? Yeah, it's, as you can imagine, mathematically, it's impossible, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I'll give you another simple example. Like when we fit hoods, like hoods are really important fitted hoods to have that movement left to right that you need. And we have a couple of uh, people that we use um, to try hoods on. 
and one guy's got a longer neck than the other. So one guy's saying, hey, this is kind of binding on me and pulling at the back, and the other guy says it's perfect. So, you know, I, I think it's a combination, just your experience uh, based upon the body type to your fitting on it, mm -hmm. and um, you're trying to make the best decision for all. And then, you know, there's situations where guys will have to, you know, they may have to grade up. Um, on a top and grade down on the bottom. So it's tough, but I think our overall sentiment with tool gear was to make sure we had a, um, I would say a more athletic fit. It's not a boxy fit and it's not super athletic, but it's definitely more progressive. Mm -hmm. There's certainly a movement that we, we try to make sure like pants are the greatest example. Like every time you lift your knees, there's potentially friction that are, that's created. And with the friction or drag comes fatigue. So having pant fit right, where it's in the crotch right, it fits on the hips right, the articulation's right to make sure there's minimal fatigue or drag, if you will, that creates fatigue, that's probably where fit is the most important. Jackets are probably not as um, uh, thin line from a design perspective as pants. And pant fit is tough because there's – you know, some guys will be like, yeah, this is just a little too athletic for me, or it's not athletic enough, not talking about tool, but just designs in general. So right. we definitely push the limit. And we, and I'll tell you, it really doesn't matter what we believe, but the feedback we've gotten so far from the people that are using our gear that just aren't going to tell us what we want to hear and blow sunshine up our ass, we're like, you guys have nailed it. So I'm going to let the customers um, speak for it, and we'll continue to learn, Dan, as we go yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, now. There's, there's so many different uh, materials out there that that you can play with. You can design your own. You can interweave and, and or you could buy stock or, you know, there's just so much to, uh, different types of material to play around with. How did you guys make the decision to go with the material that you went with in creating these garments? Yeah, Dan, it's, it's really... Um, when we when we product brief or create a concept for any given style, we really go to the attributes first, whether it's got to have mobility, um, therefore it must have stretch. Um, we want durability or durability is not important. It's got to be, you know, um, uh, uh, water repeller or not. So you take all those attributes and, and I'm telling you, creating a pant and a jacket's easy. They're all the same, right? They have two sleeves and chest and the pants have, you know, it's basic stuff. But yep. I'm telling you what's not basic is to the heart of your question is fabric. So we're, I would tell you, we're always fabric first, thinking about what are we trying to deliver? What's the right fabric? And then once you nail a fabric, then it, then it becomes into the pattern development yeah. and the designs and the fits. So uh, we spent, I mean, we, we look at so much fabric, Dan. I, it's nauseating to me. Uh, because there's so much uh, um, details within the details. It'll spot on a spot, if yeah. you will. Um, so it, it takes a lot of time. We just had a ton of experience. You know, it, yeah. It's not something you, 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 you learn overnight. And I, and I have a lot of respect for new brands that start up and want to fit a niche. Well, yeah, so do I. But to have the product development um, background and the years of calluses and hard lessons and relationships with key uh, fabricators, if you will, textile companies. That's where I tell you the secret sauce is. And we've just been doing it for a long time and uh, applying it to this niche of business and tool gear that uh, we're excited about. Okay. Uh, why did you start off with the Western, uh, the Western style? 
Yeah, well, we believe the western vertical um, is where we saw the most opportunities relates to all of the rest of the things that we do. And we believe that on um, the western styling, the versatility, uh, and the layering concept that you even talked about earlier, I think it certainly is a great place to start and uh, where we believe the brand has the most opportunity to take market share. And really, I, I would, you know, my humble opinion, I think there's some tiredness, if you will, of looking like everyone else in camp. I mean, yeah. um, there's a couple of brands that certainly own a lot of backs today and they've done a lot of great things. And I also think, though, at the same time, um, there's a lot of uniqueness with individuals like I think there's a movement that people don't want to be defined by a brand. They want to be complimented by the brand. Um, I, I, it, we're very subtle in our branding. Um, we, we believe the camel pattern says a lot. Um, and we want to be part of the journey. We don't want to find them. So we're not going to be beating on our chests and saying, look at me now. Uh, we just really are humbled to be taken along on any journey. So um, we believe the Western spot is a good good place to, to start. And at some point, uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll do the Eastern thing too, the whitetail thing. Because obviously, the, from market share, you know, that's 80% of the market is is the, the whitetail deer. So Yeah. What has been your feedback so far from... Uh, customers um well the couple feedback a uh, couple specific ones i'll bring up is um just rock solid bulletproof we had a couple guys uh, actually two different teams of guys who went moose hunting this year and as you know moose hunting can be a very demanding um uh pursuit uh you can deal with a lot of inclement conditions and one of the specific was just kept dry for 14 hours, you know, and when you have rain gear that actually keeps you dry for 14 hours, that's saying a lot about any rain gear because inevitably, yeah. inevitably whether it's perspiration wetting you out or actually the bad stuff coming in. So I've had some really good feedback from a couple of groups of moose hunters. And then we've been in elk woods quite a bit, um, seeding product and feedback from uh, key people we trust. And like you guys have nailed it. And then certainly we've been testing the product for the last couple of years in our individual pursuits. So, you know, again, um, very early Dan on the journey, but I'm, I'm very happy about not only the performance of the gear, but the camel pattern and the pictures I've seen and, and people's testimony like this is just, this looks great. And, and I've been watching my buddy on the side hill and my goodness, it is just, you guys have nailed it. So that's early on. We, we have a lot of selling to do and a lot more to learn, but our learning curve is small here. And uh, I think we've, we are definitely on the target. Um, we'll have to obviously improve things as we go forward, but we're excited where we're at. Yeah. What does product testing look like for you guys? You know, as many hours in the field, um, and, and, and really it doesn't have to be hunting time. Like a lot of the product testing I do is working on my farm, whether I'm doing food plots or I'm, I'm uh, bush hogging my clover plot or I'm cutting down trees or I'm working on my ATV, UTV, uh, whether I'm climbing up in trees and limbing. So it's all any activity where I'm training my dog. Um, it's all those hard use environments that um, I do more testing there than I do in the woods because I think that is the ultimate uh, test is when you're doing just everyday hard work and blue collar stuff um, is where I do a lot of the testing and then certainly we have other advocates or other uh, uh, people that we use when they're out there scouting early season when they're doing stuff in the mountains as well so that's I mean at, at the end of the day and that's a lot of you know you can do a lot of lab testing on abrasion resistance 
Um, there's also technical tests you can do in a lab to make sure that before it even gets on body, that that material actually, uh, whether it's breathability, um, whether it's durability, abrasion testing, or it stretches a lot of those things you can do at a fabric development level as well that, you know, starts before you even put it in a finished garment. Yeah. Um, what does 2.0 mean? Yeah, so 2.0 has a couple of meanings. It's it's out backwards, which um, wasn't really the reason we did it. Um, but the one of the meanings of 2.0 is yours. Mm-hmm. And we were very passionate that this is not our brand it's your brand as a consumer so we really wanted to do what we could to put the consumer in the driver's seat so um we have a little john deere tractor thing going too and i use that as analogy of john deere has a bunch of smart engineers and they actually tell you what you should drive mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not sure a lot of customer consumer feedback that they get i'm sure they get it but they tell you um i think we've done a good job of balancing us putting the customer in the right scenario with the garments that we produce. But as we move forward, Dan, and as we did testing and, and uh, product sessions with key people we trust, there's a lot of your in it. In other words, people that are out there doing it every day, whether it's guides and outfitters or key trusted people we've used to help this development process. So um, we want this to, we want at the end of the day to make this brand about the consumer. Again, we want to be part of the ride. Um, and we'll continue to take feedback from the consumers and really go where they want us to go. Um, and so those are a couple of the meanings behind tool. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, the, the road less traveled. It's about the public land guy. It's a little bit about the anti-establishment movement that don't want to be part of a, a bigger conglomerate movement. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it's sweaty backs and dirty hands and people out there doing it. So really real product for real people. Um, you know, pursuing their passion in the outdoors. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking at your base layers right now, and I see that they are all merino wool. Uh, why, yeah. why did you guys decide to go with a merino base layer uh, over synthetics? Yeah, I mean, certainly the 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 good part of merino, the the fits great, um, and the stretchability and the conforming with your body is great. Um, that's number one. Number two is it has great natural um, odor resistance to it. And, and Dan, I'm sure you've used a lot of merino. I mean, I was out my elk hunt last year and wearing the same piece of uh, tuo merino. I'm sweating uh, for 10 days and doesn't stink. Um, and then, you know, certainly number three is its ability to move with your temperature. So, you know, polys. Um, early morning, they can have a kind of a cooling effect or late in the evening, they have a cooling effect. Um, Merino does such a good job, whether I'm, I'm fishing, you know, we've done product testing in Merino in the, in the fishing environments well, which really hot where you traditionally have some poly spandexes. And it's unbelievable how you think, man, this is way too, I would never wear Merino when it's hot, but Merino functions very good when it's hot. And then in the cool evenings, you don't have a cool down effect. It just rides with your body and you just don't have that sensation of material level. So those are the three reasons, um, the fit, the odor resistance and how the, the, how it acclimatizes with your body. It's just really hard to beat. Um, even though it's more expensive than doing a poly, um, it just has really great overall performance with it. Okay. Now here's another 
kind of difficult question, uh, playing devil's advocate again. I've talked with, yep. like I said, I've, I've talked with a lot of guys and um, they've sent me their gear and their merino wool. And I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying some of them that I've received. They are itchy. And they yep. say they're soft, but they're they're itchy. And to the point where there was one test, there was one day uh, I was wearing a merino base layer top that I received from this one company, and it was so itchy. I was in the tree stand. I took it off, and I was like, I can't wear this anymore. It's distracting. And so, is here's the question: Is your merino soft? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's great. Um, you know, we use 18 and a half microns, so, you know, not all merinos equal. Um, you definitely want really fine merinos so you don't have that scratching effect, if you will, yeah. inside. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I think it's great on, you know, on skin. That's what it was designed to do. Um, but you're right, Dan, not, not all merino is, is equal. And I think we've done a nice job of, of landing in the right spot with our merino. Gotcha. You know, the, the, the only other thing I would say about merino, and you've probably experienced this, Dan, it's not tougher than nails. No, it's not. At all. Nope. <laughs> so, I, you know, there's a lot of fabric development we're doing. There's combinations of, of bringing a little bit more um, – you know, we bring nylon into some more merino to give it a little bit more uh, 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 durability. Mm-hmm. So, like one of our merino pieces, we use uh, what uh, I think 10, 12 percent um, spun nylon as well. So, trying to make sure that you don't um, you don't defeat, if you will, that the merino feel, but yet give it a little bit tougher sort of face. So, I think there's a lot more development as well as we go forward. Well be other combinations of merino so gotcha um that's probably the biggest downside merino is just the durability and some people just aren't smart enough to know if they go through a bush or something really bad that it will tear and it's tough because it's expensive so you have to be a little careful merino too yep all right uh next question is about the the garments that you brought to market what was what was the decision to uh, introduce or to when you when you launched the company the garments that that you had yeah i think it goes back to dan you know when we talked about simplicity of the assortment is is understanding because we've been there understanding what it takes to hunt august 15th and to know what it can look like on in a, a moose hunt or a late season elk hunt and know what you need from a thermal value and or element protection so as we looked at the jackets and the pants whether it's our early season merino pieces um, or if it's our mid-season soft shell pieces or if it's our you know puppy jacket or it's the ballistic rain shell pant jacket Um, when you really think about that journey i described from august 15th to you know november um, those pieces work together to really fulfill an experience so that and again it was not easy trust me there was a lot of kids that didn't get on the bus (laughs) yeah. <laughs> there's other silhouettes we're like man we want to do it and then you know it's it's also just being um you know fiscally responsible as well we're going to be here for the long term and to make sure that we didn't get over the tip of our skis and and to make sure that we had a simplified assortment so a lot of thought went into it and even simple things which ones have hoods which ones don't um you know which do we do quarter zip half zips do we do full zips on the pan i mean there's just a lot of um you know details within the details that i mentioned earlier that go into every piece of product we create yeah 
So you mentioned, you know, eventually you're going to, you're going to try to get into that whitetail market. Um, mm-hmm. What does that look like for you guys as far as products that you're going to bring to market? Yeah, there'll be, you know, certainly late season whitetail. Um, definitely. And there'll be some things that we'll have to do there. Um, I wouldn't, you know, and, and Dan, you know, this, um, one of the attributes of the, of the whitetail woods is what being quiet yeah. and, and having really soft face, face materials. Now you could hunt with us in the whitetail woods, not right now, early season, mid season, um, probably going late season with the soft shell. Personally, I'm not a huge soft shell fan in the tree. Um, I like the, the durability. I like the, the windproofness of it. I like the water resiliency. I just like to be a little more whisper quiet, if you will. And as you know, when you get in the whitetail woods and you're sitting and you know, you're going in early, like I went, I was hunting Iowa two years ago. I think it was, yeah, two or three years ago when it was, you know, five degrees on, on November 3rd and you got to get in there early cause you're not going to miss the morning hunt and you want to make sure you're in the tree from 10 to two. Mm-hmm. And Oh, by the way, now it's two o'clock. I got the evening run. I mean, keeping people in the stand, um, uh, versus in, in a, in a non moving situation to cl- running up the mountainside to cut off the elk. Um, they're just two different situations and fabrications, silhouettes, insulation properties, uh, face fabrics. I think when you get in the whitetail woods, I just put a different helmet on because my experiences tell me we need to do a few different things as it relates to a whitetail assortment. So, uh, we have some, you know, we have, we have a lot of ideas there and it, it'll be great when we get there. But right now it's about the Western hunter. Um, we'll find this. I mean, we got some guys already hunting whitetails uh, <laughs> with two old gear, which again, uh, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a top and a bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can go back to my early days of hunting on the white river in South Dakota. And I was wearing my cowboy boots with goulashes, snap goulashes and an Oshkosh coverall with a cotton hoodie and a stocking cap and, and maybe some hot chocolate that my mom sent me. So uh, <laughs> it can be done. It can be done with anything. But I think yeah. dialing it in right now, keeping people comfortable and really making sure that you're buttoned up um, is what we'll get the whitetail side uh, when, we, when we go down that road. All right. So here's the question, right? All, all these people now have listened to this podcast and, you know, they they maybe they like what you've said. Why? compared to all the other brands that are available out there who are providing what, like currently it's Western, you know, elk hunting, mule deer hunting, um, those, those types of situations, they have, they have other offerings. Why should they consider Tua? Yeah, I think simply stated that, um, you know, we're real people doing real things here and, and we have a, you know, lifetime guarantee on our product. And I would tell you if you're tired, if you will, of the commercialization of other guys out there, you're like, I want my own look. I want my own experience. I want to be part of a ground level experience with a new brand. And you're intrigued at all by um, the experience that we talked about today, how we do what we do. And I would tell you if you like the camel pattern, which I'm, trust me, you will. Um, and you think it's you. Um, and and we're fortunate enough for you to give us in your hard-earned dollars to be part of your journey. We would love and be humbled to be part of that. Um, and I think we have a compelling story. We'll continue to dial in our assortment. Um, the simplification, I think, uh, Dan, would be another thing. If you just want simple and you want straightforward, you don't want a tough buying decision, um, and, and not worry about what camel pattern 
um, which I love a lot of camel patterns. If you want a simplified experience and you want, you know, garments that I can go west with or I can go east with. And um, I think we're a very simplified um, yet very technical, well thought out brand that um, I would just tell you to check us out. Um, be part of the journey and, and know that your opinion counts because at the end of the day, this is about the listeners and about their experiences. And we just want to be part of uh, part of their journey. So uh, uh, help us build the brand. Uh, it's, it's not easy building a brand, Dan, as you know. Yeah. You start out with zero customers and you have to earn uh, hard dollars that come out of someone's wallet. And and we we certainly respect um, you know value of the dollar. It's tough out there. And uh, so buy gear that'll be with you for life and will perform and allow you to have success and, and never have to worry about being comfortable out in the field. Yeah. Uh, as we wind down here, is there anything else that you haven't discussed or you haven't shared that we need to know about, uh, the product line or the company? Yeah, I, um, I don't think so, Dan. Um, again, I think when, Consumers come to places that they're like, man, I like these guys. I kind of like what they're saying. Um, I, I just understand that's a decision. You, you can go down the, the road of doing what others are doing or, you know, have a choice and say, I want to I want to be different and I want to, you know, I want to support what they're doing and support their passion for the outdoors. And uh, we just won't let you down. So um, I'm excited as customer stories are flowing in this fall and I'm seeing you know, elk on the ground, I'm seeing moose on the ground, I'm seeing, you know, uh, mule deer being killed. It's just neat to know that we're part of a story, Dan, that Hollywood could never dream up and never <laughs> will dream up. And to be part of those experiences and you know how it is when you're hunting with a buddy and you're like, can you believe that happened? Yeah. Um, and I can't, you can never draw this up. I mean, just to be part of that story and know that you're, you're part of the reason that success happened is, is just benefit enough. And uh, so as those stories roll in, it's certainly uh, cloud dad moments, if you will, that uh, this game went from an idea into concepts, into finished goods, into marketing and naming conventions and uh, a lot of work that goes behind the scenes. And uh, uh, we're going to be here a long time. Uh, trust me that this is not a, a flame that's going to burn out. We, we have backing and, and we have other things going on as well that allow us to continue to drive this brand forward. Perfect. Perfect. Well, you yeah. need to get some stuff. Oh, we, did we send you any gear yet? <laughs> no, you haven't. You have not. Well, that, that seems like a problem. Uh, you were on a <laughs> podcast today, Dan, with you, and you're going west, and you don't have any of your stuff. That, that's that's problematic. So we'll get you taken care of, though. I, You know, again, I, I'm a big boy, and I take big boy comments, and yep. everything's not ever right for everybody. So love to get you in the gear, though, and be part of your journey, Dan, and and uh, I just wish you all the success as you go out west and uh, go chase the chase those mule deer around. It's it's oh, the, I mean that that's a it's a very depressing and yet uh, elated <laughs> moment sort of journey that you'll have. That's a fact. <laughs> it's, right now it's just depressing, but well, I tell you what, Aaron, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and uh, talk to us about the the product line and, and the company. And uh, good luck the rest of the season, man. Yeah, Dan, I, I appreciate it. Humble that you gave us some time today, and I'll look forward to watching your storylines and, and your journey, and, and trust me, in the lows, I'll be with you, and the highs, I'll be with you, and I just wish you the best, and again, uh, had a great conversation today, so uh, 
people want to check us out more, go to 20gear.com and, uh, and uh, message us if you have any questions. Uh, we'll respond to you and help you out with whatever you're fixing on going to. Them.